We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collins. What up, guys? This is Edward Clark. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. Hey there, WNBA Nation. Welcome to another episode. Uh, my name is Jason Snow, and I am one of your hosts this morning. That's right, we we're recording this in the morning, uh, something that we thought might be a little bit of fun. Uh, but before I get too far, I want to introduce my friend and co-host, Logan Jones. Logan, how are you doing? Dude, I'm so primed for this episode. Uh, Jason and Logan episodes are always preceded by a pre-record discussion that covers like all of the world's political problems, philosophy, uh, lost in space season three. Like we cover a lot. Um, and I'm, I'm excited now to walk, like we walk right up to the doorstep of basketball and then we hit record and then it's like, all right, let's go right into basketball. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. We, we go straight from Emmanuel Kant into basketball and, and that's really the only way we know how to do it. Uh, and, uh, in case you're wondering, yes, we did solve all of the world's problems and, uh, if you subscribe on Twitch, you might be able to to get the answer as to to how to solve all the world's problems. That's a uh, that false advertising. That is not real. But uh, just uh, to do the quick rundown, uh, if you do want to follow and or subscribe to us over on Twitch, you can do so at twitch.tv slash WNBA Nation. We generally are uh, broadcasting all of our episodes there, but I still have absolutely horrendous epi- uh, internet. And so this episode was not uh, originally recorded on Twitch, which we apologize for, for those of you who follow, for those of you who follow us over there. But AT&T claims they're going to have a crew the first week of February at my house hooking up internet, which better be true because then I'll have fiber and I will be running these streams until, uh, I was going to say until the sun sets, but we don't even usually start recording until after that point. So until the sun rises, uh, you can also, if you want to interact with the show, uh, one of the most easy ways to, to do that is on Twitter at WNBA Nation Pod. We're also on Facebook, though a little bit less active over there. Uh, if you want some merch, you can head over to store envy, WNBA Nation dot store dot com, uh, and you pick up some t-shirts, socks, mugs, stickers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and last but not least, we've been trying to put some content up on our YouTube page and we would appreciate your support. Uh, go over to YouTube, search for WNBA Nation, give us a subscribe. Uh, and watch some content. Uh, we, we want to try to build that. Um, one of the things that we do as a show is try to reach out to new fans of the league or, or to people who are potential fans of the league. And so getting in YouTube's algorithm and getting a boost there, um, just makes it more likely that somebody who likes to watch basketball content on YouTube comes across a pod. 
Uh, maybe that sparks their interest in the WNBA. They watch a game. They become a huge fan. And, uh, yeah, that's really the goal of this whole thing. Cause we know that when people get exposed to the WNBA, they become fans of the WNBA, uh, almost without exception in my life. I don't know about you, Logan, but generally without exception, if I can actually get someone to sit down and watch, they usually walk away a fan of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Especially uh, like if, if you get to watch with somebody and you get to point out, that's Jewel Lloyd. She went to this school. She's been in Seattle for a while. Mm-hmm. Like if you get to kind of outline the storylines, cause, cause remember this is like any other form of entertainment, right? Like when we dropped in to like the league, when we first started the show, we were like, all right. So like, who's, who's like good? Who's bad? Like, I know, I know like six names. Like I know the big names, but yeah, if you're, if you're ever at like a Texas roadhouse or an old Chicago and there's a, there's a college women's basketball game on and someone's like, Nobody watches this and you're like, oh, I see you haven't been introduced to Kirsten Bell. Suddenly, like, that's how that's how easy it is. You can make a fan out of some guy at the bar. So there you go. Logan, the master of transitions. Let's talk Kirsten Bell. Kirsten Bell out of Florida Gulf Coast has announced that she will be entering the WNBA draft. Uh, Logan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I got to update my draft board. Uh, and I know Kyle does too. Yeah. He's been, he's been doing his like top five, top 10 people to watch, uh, every, every few episodes. You'll see one of those. Um, I know he's a favorite of everybody or, or Bell is a favorite of everybody on the pod. Um, I don't know how high up she goes. I don't think this is instantly like, oh, she's, you know, she's number one. She's the generational talent of the draft, but she's definitely mm-hmm. an enticing pick for maybe one of those, you know, better teams at the back half of the first round. Um, I expect that. Um, she could land somewhere where she could make an impact right away, or she could kind of be waiting in the wings in like a title ready team. So um, it, a lot of times the the back end of the draft is to me, at least a lot more fun than who goes first overall, because they're just going to get cut by the fever next year anyway. So like, I, I like paying attention to who goes to teams that might actually like develop and play some minutes. Um, and she definitely looks like a candidate to be one of those players. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and- I, I, I like seeing this development because um, in the few years we've been following the pod, I feel like in other sports, kind of those mid-major teams like a Florida Gulf Coast or like you and I both went to Utah State, which is kind of on the cusp of, of kind of not one of the big, big schools, not a Power 5 conference type of thing. Um, it's nice to see those players get taken seriously because you see that in football. You see that in men's basketball. Um, so I, I'm really excited for that. Um, she's a six-one guard. Uh, pulling in pretty close to 25 points a game. So this is, this is big. Um, I agree with you. I see her as maybe a, a late first round. Uh, however, I do see her, the style of play and the consistency to me sounds like somebody who we're going to see in the league for a while to come. You know, not, not Asia Wilson, not a generational player, uh, but somebody that we're going to be talking about five, six, eight years down the road as a, as a regular hot, t- you know, solid performer on a team. So uh, I think this is good. Yes, this is going to, you know, start switching around people's draft boards, which is what we want to see. Cause as we get closer to the draft, uh, we're going to see more and more names either opt out or opt in. Uh, and, and this is kind of just feels like the first hat to fall of that. And, uh, you know, this, this will definitely come into account as we record our, our draft preview episode in just a couple months. It's not that far away. Just to, to, to cover the topic and before we jump off of kind of, uh, maybe draft prospects and, and news, uh, we've all heard Kyle's kind of top five, top 10 draft prospects. I'm curious, Logan, 
Uh, who's your number one for the draft? Like right now, where you sit, the what we've seen so far this season. Who do you have? If you're Washington, uh, you're Tebow. Who are you picking? Oh, I think it's probably going to be Howard out of Kentucky. Uh-huh. Um, Washington strikes me as the type of team that probably isn't going to go into the draft thinking we just need this specific position. I think Washington's probably in for quite a bit of retooling and getting the best player available. It, there isn't a clear cut best player available, but that should be their strategy. And uh, yeah, I think, I think Ryan Howard's probably the direction I would go. I know uh, Baylor's Nalissa Smith is really high on a lot of lists though. Um, and if you mm-hmm. wanted to go for more size, that would certainly be yeah, like understandable because I, this, this is, this is a Logan take. This is not a fact. I, I shouldn't even say this take, but just, my feelings is that you need to you need to draft size a lot of the time. Like you can acquire yeah. guards and and quick scoring um, through other means, but if you want a really good forward in the W, it it helps if you can have them have them as a rookie and get them to like your organization for a couple of years first. Because uh, by the time they hit free agency, if they're worth having, they're really expensive. So yeah, that's just kind yeah. Of that- a, that's kind of a non-answer. I, I gave you two. I gave, you asked for one. I gave you yeah. two. Yeah, and and if you yeah, if you go to pretty much any draft board, you've got Smith and Howard are kind of interchangeable. You know, one might be number one, the other one's number two. Uh I I think I agree with you. If I'm if I'm Washington, I'm looking at. Uh, I think I think Ryan is. I want to say six two, six three. Uh to get that size at a guard position, I think is really valuable in the W. I think. Uh, we're seeing that that shorter players are going to have a harder time moving forward in the league, um, and and so getting that that height at guard, I think that that'll be a little bit less of a a learning curve at in terms of of getting up to speed with the W. That being said, cursing Smith to play for Indiana, the place where bigs go to never get played, uh, just hurts a little bit uh, to to see McCowan and uh, Smith playing for Indiana would just make me cry inside because uh, that's so much potential just going to the middle of a cornfield to waste. Uh, I, I, I'm being harsh than I need to be, but uh, no, I look, I, I know there are probably fever fans that listen to the pot and they're probably sick of us bagging on their team. And I want them to know it's not out of hatred or malice or anything. It's out of frustration. And it's yes. because I, I want to see them emerge from a rebuild and be a team in the mix again. Like I want to see them win. Like I want to like we for like a brief window last year, we actually saw them beat some teams that mattered. They got some like really key wins late in the season that made us worry. Like is Chicago in trouble? Is Connecticut in trouble? And I, I want to see them draft talented players like Smith and use them like <laughs> and, yeah. and like have success. And do like have a Liberty type of season like the Liberty last year. Like they weren't wildly successful, but they were fun. They were a storyline. And I'm just, yeah. I, I'm getting fatigued every year that we hope for that for the fever and we don't see it. And then we find out it's because like, well, yeah. we, for instance, last year, like they, they drafted or two years ago, they drafted Lauren Cox in 2020. They waived her by 2021. Like mm-hmm. there's just, and, and, and now Kaiser Gondrezik, like she's not there anymore. She's probably, Aside from Danielle Robinson, who's like a big friend of this show and someone that we love, she was probably the most recognizable player on the team just because there was a lot of buzz around them picking her fourth overall. She's not on the team anymore. Like there's just nothing on that team that gets me excited. And it sucks that like, like a talented player like Melissa Smith could go there and make a big impact. 
or she could sit on the bench for like 90% of the season. We wouldn't even see her. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which would be, which would be a tragedy. But I mean, if you're Indiana, you've got D Rob, uh, who can kind of fill, fill kind of multiple roles, but just be the veteran presence, uh, gets you some shooting and maybe some, some good assists. Get one good shooter in there and throw McCowan and Smith underneath. You can get 10 wins with that, like pretty easily and, and, you know, have kind of a turnaround and, and, and make a good season out of this. So, uh, the pieces are there. The problem is somebody has to put them together. And that's what we've not seen out of Indiana. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To move on to uh, another topic before I, I give my Miami Fever take again, uh, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit of professional women's basketball a lot sooner than you were expecting it. Uh, Athletes Unlimited has announced that they're going to be having uh, kind of a winter season. Uh, they've got some WNBA players, uh, and they're going to have some women's professional basketball uh, over the course of the winter. Uh, Logan, I'm curious, what are your thoughts about this? Do you think it's a good thing? Uh, all around, just what was your reaction finding out that this was going to be happening? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I could give you a better answer than that, but I, between, between the college women's game and looking ahead to the W, like, it's hard for me to get excited about extra stuff. <laughs> And yeah. I, I, I want to be more into it than I am. And so I almost want, like, if you've got a pitch that, that will get me, like, I'm willing to, like, invest more time in this, but I just, like, it's not on my radar. I, I used that analogy a little bit ago for a player, but, like, in, in terms of, like, what this means, like, I haven't looked into it as much as I should. And I, I want, like, we're people that have a WNBA podcast. Like, we should be some of the first people on the front lines of, like, Oh, like this, this applies to us. And like, I still feel a little bit in the dark about it. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I, my gut reaction is that this could be a good thing. Um, if it functions almost as a developmental league, which in a lot of ways it is. So they, they've got 11 WNBA players. Uh, I've got a list in front of me. So let me just rattle through, uh, DJ Carrington, Natasha Cloud, Kiki Herbert Harrigan, Isabel Harrison, Tiana Hawkins. Uh, Jantel Lavender, Odyssey Sims, and Courtney Williams. So you got 11 WNBA players that are going to be there. Players we know. But you also yeah, have players we've heard of. Yeah, play, players you know. Uh, not necessarily A1 players, but like I said, if, if this is a place where, where players can kind of improve, hone their skills, 
uh, maybe improve their, their standing into the coming season. I can see that being good, but they also have several players that are, are former WNBA players that maybe would like to, to keep their basketball career going. Uh, Kalani Brown, Essence Carson, Sydney Colson, uh, Danielle McRae, Imani McGee Stafford, uh, Ty Young. So you've got some, it's, I guess, if it functions in that way where it's 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 a way for players who either want to improve their stock or maybe prove they've still got it to to function that's good my big hesitation with it is the WNBA already struggles with player wear and tear yeah. like because yeah. because Euro League because you know the, the leagues in China Australia players are just going from game to game to game to game and adding more games in, I feel like is kind of the wrong direction. Players need rest. And I, I, I guess I'm just kind of torn between those two, which is it gives players a chance to prove themselves, but it also gives players the chance to get injured and, and maybe end their career early. And I, I, I guess I, I don't have a strong yeah. feeling one way or the other, which I, I know you kind of indicated a similar thing, but that's why is I feel torn between those two points, which is I like that. And you know, if it became a developmental league where, once you're on a W roster, you don't go back to this, but it's a chance for those players who maybe get cut before they have a chance to prove themselves to get on, play some basketball and show that they've developed. I really like that uh, in in that particular yeah. application. Well, of and, it. I, and I, I really want to try hard not to be critical of, of this league because I think it's a worthy goal to have offseason basketball, to give opportunities to players that are right on like that bubble of being in or out of the WNBA. And like, I understand all that. And I, I kind of beat around the bush earlier with my take a second ago, because I like, again, I know like I'm wearing my orange hoodie right now. We're recording the pod. Like, I feel like I need to be pro this being successful, but I worry like it, it's super overcomplicated. It's only five weeks. I don't know how excited I need to be about it. And I, I just feel guilty about that because I don't know if it's a me problem. Or if the league, like, first of all, I, I don't know if you know this, but the, the league is operating with a wild point system that essentially, like, they, they have individual point totals that, like, fans vote on, and then they combine them with stats, and then they redraft the teams every week. So it's like a pickup league where the teams are going to be different every week, which means there's not, like, consistency. There's no, like, I don't know if there's, like, a championship yeah. at the end of it. It's just kind of the same crew of players. Like... It, it's a really dressed up version of like these players are going to get together and play pickup ball once a week. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Which is why I'm struggling to, to treat it as a legitimate, like I know it's a legitimate operation and they put money into it and they have partners and they have like pro players who are going to be there, but it, it really smells to me like the AAF, right? Like the, yeah. the football league that came and went in, you know, just about as fast, you know, like I, and what worries me is I don't want people associating women's basketball leagues with failing projects because I think yeah. the WNBA has grown a lot in the last, well, it, that's not just an opinion. Like verifiably the WNBA has grown a lot since, you know, the 15 years since like a lot of teams were folding and leaving towns and struggling to stay afloat. But that's kind of what people associate it with still all these years later, a lot of people that aren't, like in WNBA circles, just kind of think of it as a league that's subsidized by the NBA that struggles to get fans. Mm -hmm. Like that's their impression of it. 
And so if this thing comes along and we make a big social media splash and then it folds after a season because it's overly complicated and it's not on TV and people can't get into it, I worry that that will perpetuate this stereotype of women's basketball not being viable. And it feels really harsh to say that, but that's that's how I feel. So I yeah, don't, I don't know no, if that I, was a take I, that I should have put on Mike or not. But yeah, no, I I I think I think you make a lot of good points, and it's it's unfortunate that this is the case. But there is a sense that women's sports have to be a little bit careful about overstepping because the moment any slip up happens the fingers come out so fast to point at women's leagues as, oh, well, yeah, that's, you know, they're unsuccessful because it confirms the bias of a lot of people that they have against women's sports. And so they're very quick to just say, oh, yeah, see, they failed. Oh, yeah, see, they failed. And so I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. I almost wonder, you think of like the NFL, the NFL has the NFL combine. And that's an event where tons of people watch hardcore NFL fans, I guess, watch not tons of people. It's not like the Super Bowl, but like hardcore NFL fans will watch. And that's a chance for players that were on the outside looking in to try to earn their way in uh, by by performing. And, and you almost wonder if th- this would function better in that capacity rather than being a, a, its own unique league as a developmental for the W. If the W had a very similar setup, but it was like, hey, we can only have 144 players these next 40 players out are really good and we're going to give them a chance to play and the coaches are going to be there watching and it's a chance for them to maybe earn a roster spot that, that they had previously lost. So uh, that may be a better solution in the long run than, than trying to create a unique league, which takes investors and time and TV spots. So it's, it's, it's definitely more risky to try to, to start something de novo like this. Uh, but if you are wanting to watch it, the games will be from January 26th to February 26th. We will definitely be keeping an eye on it. Uh, they have, they have, uh, um, they have deals with a few different broadcasters. So some of the games will be on Fox Sports, CBS Sports, Bally Sports. Uh, so you just want to check out, um, just search for the Athletes Unlimited Basketball League. You can pull up their website and find out where games are being broadcast. So keep your eye on that. It'll be fun to watch. And uh, I mean, hopefully it's successful. I, I'm never going to root against women's sports, so I, I want it to be yeah, successful. I, yeah, I want it to be a winning venture. I want everyone attached to it to to be happy with the result. It's just very hard for me to picture it going the way that they want, and I worry. Yeah. Like for years, again, like people people would tune into WNBA games and they would see, you know, they would play on a college court where the WNBA logo wasn't in the middle of the floor. And there maybe there wouldn't be a lot of fans there because it would be in some like remote location, and the jerseys would be template jerseys, so there wasn't a lot of team identity or personality. And the W has fixed a lot of those problems. And we've like just in the last five years since we've been doing the show, we've seen so many leaps being made in those areas to be like, this is a legitimate operation. We're paying our players more. We're keeping more of them home from like European leagues. The championship's getting more press. Like, like people are starting to know more of the names in the league. The jerseys are like they're causing a stir on social media. Like every team has an identity. I, I worry that this represents a potential step back if you're watching CBS Sports and you catch this on TV, and especially if it's not particularly good basketball. I worry people will just mm-hmm. write it off and be like, you know, they'll 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 seek it as like a confirmation bias on their on their you know, misogynistic takes on women's basketball. And I don't want that to happen. So, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll ignore the, t- they'll ignore the 25 years of successful WNBA growth. 
for the one year of 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 failed project uh and and they'll just say that, that is that's my sports, which is frustrating yeah. yeah um yeah no and, and it's totally totally grounded I, I i agree with you on that um i i think too it's important to realize how important this growth is because um just to to get a little bit of a sidetrack the premier hockey federation uh the phs yes. uh they just recently announced that they're going to be doubling player salaries over the next couple of years, uh, which if you see their salaries, it's, it's not much, but you're getting to the point where you could actually pay your mortgage. If you're, you're in the league <laughs> now, which is, is something. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're in their sixth season. They're 20 years behind the W right now. That being said, they paved the way so that the WNBA paved the way for the NWSL, the PHL, or the PHF in order for them to, to be able to accelerate that growth. And, and you're seeing that, that come out. And so, uh, you know, when, when we talk about wanting to see teams and organizations make smart decisions, part of the reason is because we're laying bricks on the path that other leagues are going to be able to follow it. And we want to, yeah. to, to do that. Right. And by the way, the PHF is something that's on my radar. I'm very excited. There, there is a need for that. I, I think women's yes. hockey has has a real opportunity, especially with another Winter Olympics coming up here soon, um, really soon. Uh, there, there, there is like a hole in our in our sports diet that that can fill. Um, yeah, and that's why that's why I feel so guilty. Like I'm so pro people watching like the the, the women's tournament in March and the W, and I I want to encourage them to watch this as well and be involved. I know there's this athletes unlimited league has like a lot of like fan interaction elements that they're trying to push in order to make it cool. It just, it feels a lot like yeah. the arena football. So, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not supplemental league developmental league. Like you mentioned earlier that just every professional league tries every five or 10 years and then it just kind of disappears and you don't hear about it again. So yeah, I don't know. I hope I'm dead wrong. Yeah. Wouldn't be the first time I was like way off on this show on a take. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. Uh, since we're talking about Olympics and Olympic hockey, um, I just want to know if you would join us on a live stream for me, Logan, and then also Steve and Kyle, if they want to, if, if, if you were up for like a live watch along the, for the Olympics, uh, I would be all for that. I, I think Logan, I could probably talk you into to doing some live watch of the Olympic hockey games. Uh, if people are interested in that, I would be all over just to do a live stream on Twitch, live watch along. I if you watched uh, the U.S. hockey team in 2018, is that really was that the last Winter Olympics? Feels like that was just yeah. a minute ago. That really was four yeah. years ago. Um, you know that 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 and curling st- basically stole the show. There's also um, snowboarding. Women's snowboarding was really good. I love the Winter Olympics. Really top to bottom, it was great. But if I were to pick favorite moments, um, boy, yeah, um, I, you know, hopefully, if you're listening to this show, it's because you enjoy us, and we'd love to join you um, in watching the Winter Olympics if you're planning on doing it already. So I'm sure we can get a Twitch stream set up and do that somehow, and uh, not violate yeah. any sort of streaming laws or what have you. <laughs> yeah, I've I I have done more research than I would like to admit into the legalities of of doing watch alongs and stuff like that. So um <laughs> I I know how to make it so that we're we're in the clear legally and uh that'd be a lot of fun. And uh I should by the Olympics have fantastic internet. And if that's the case I could I could make that work quite easily. So um if if that's something you're interested in, 
uh, drop us a note over at WNB Nation Pod on Twitter. Uh, if it seems like there's there's groundswell for that, I, I would be totally in for doing that. Moving on. Let's talk a little bit of free agency. Uh, I feel I feel if if you've ever seen like a movie where a dam is going to break, like it starts off and you just hear like the pressure and maybe there's a little vibration, vibration in the ground. And then there's like a little crack and then it starts to go up. And then eventually you just have the moment where it just all releases and the just the water flows. I feel like that's what we're experiencing right now with WNBA news as far as free agency goes. Like there's just like little bits of leaks coming out. But like you can feel the pressure building and I feel like chaos is about to ensue at any moment, probably immediately after we finish recording and uh, go start editing the show. Uh, that being said, of the little bit of news that's come out, Logan, uh, I know the perhaps what we could call the biggest news of recent free agency talk is that Sylvia Fowles is going to be returning to Minnesota, which I don't think surprises anybody. Uh, what, what's catching your fancy? What are you, what rumors are you picking up on? What do you see coming? Uh, wh- what's your reaction to fouls? Any of that, yeah. any free agency stuff you got? I, yeah, I think we're all waiting for that first domino to fall. Um, but because nobody really expected Syl to go anywhere, but Minnesota, that's not really a domino so much as it's just good news for Lynx fans. And we're obviously excited to see her back. She might've had an underrated year last year. Despite, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like anytime she hit a milestone, we talked about it on social media and on the show, um, but kind of got overshadowed by other teams. We talked a lot about the Sun. We talked a lot about Chicago and Candace Parker and um, Griner coming on strong late in the season, her Olympic performance. And maybe it overshadowed that, like, still is a, a lock Hall of Famer player that <laughs> is mm. still putting up Hall of Fame numbers for a Minnesota team that was yeah. really good. Um, no. To me, the the free agency news today that I'm fixating on a little bit is we knew that Steph Dolson was going to visit with a couple different teams. She was going to talk to New York. She was going to talk to Vegas. She's in Vegas today. Uh, the word is that she's meeting with that team. Maybe that doesn't necessarily mean anything in terms of where Dolson is going, but what it tells me is I think Vegas is planning on not having Cam Beige this season. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's reading into like several layers of rumors here, right? Like that that's based on just kind of my inkling as someone who's trying to follow the league closely via social media. I'm not an insider by any means. And I, I know we, that's not really what this show is. Um, but if, if you read between the lines, if, if Vegas is willing to meet with a big that can come in and, and play significant minutes and kind of carve out the same role that she did uh, just this last season in Chicago, it, it would indicate to me that they are at least uncertain about Cambage's prospects of, of returning and that they're looking for other options. Yeah, I, I, I think that's interesting as well. Uh, obviously, several days ago, Cambage posted that she was in Los Angeles. Now you've got Dolson in Vegas. Uh, things could be moving because uh, you have two ways that, that Cambage doesn't return to Vegas. Number one, she jumps to a different team uh, like a Los Angeles. Um, or she just stays in Australia, which is very uh, plausible. And so, uh, yeah, if, if you're Vegas, especially with Becky Hammond coming in, uh, you're going to be changing up your game plan. You're not going to be quite as defensively Twin Towers minded in terms of your your game strategy. Uh, and maybe maybe somebody like Dolson actually fits a little bit better. Uh, and quite frankly, you might be able to get a little bit of a better deal financially. You're not going to be paying out a max contract per se. Um and uh, to go back to the Sylvia Fowles take, because I, I think you're 100% right. I'm not refuting you at all. Sylvia Fowles was underrated, 
and she was the defensive player of the year. And those two statements do coexist at the same time, which I think is interesting because to get a player of the year anything award means that you're being highly recognized. But Sylvia's fouls game is that good. Uh, Steve brought it up uh, years ago on the show. Just this notion that Sylvia fouls is so good that it's no longer impressive to us because we're so used to it. Um, and I think that's really true. So seeing Sylvia Fowles come back is obviously a huge, uh, huge win for the Lynx. Um, not that anyone expected anything different, but, uh, I think that that is, is going to help cement Minnesota as a contender this year. Uh, you know, Minnesota kind of played the role of, of sneaky good the whole season where, you know, I, I don't feel like they were ever the highlight. Nobody was ever like, Oh, this is the best team in the league, but they were always of the best teams in the league and, uh, all the way until the very end. Um, were contenders for that that championship. So uh, I think Minnesota definitely on the radar as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, that's that's about all I have as far as any real free agency news. Um, I think we're going to see hopefully the damn break here soon uh, as we get closer to signing day. We're just about ten days away from from names going down on paper, and uh, and when that happens, you know, somewhere in between now and then, things of things are going to start moving. So uh, we'll keep you up to date as much as we can. Uh, Logan, do you have anything else before we close out the show today? Uh, just the, yeah, that, that domino is going to fall soon in free agency. We keep harping on that metaphor. So, uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter for all of your draft and free agency and college basketball needs. Um, we're definitely going to be keeping you up to date there. And if you get a chance, really tune into this athletes unlimited league. Um, I, I I feel like I was a downer on the show earlier talking about it. And so now I'm I'm actually more interested uh, going out of the, this episode than I was coming into it because I want to see it work. Um, and so obviously go and support that. Anytime you get a chance to, to just support what, what people are doing in women's basketball, it's it, it's just a fun community to be hyped around. And I, I, I want it to go well. So um, in addition to that big... Uh, big game tonight. I'll be looking ahead to that as well. It, it'll be nice to have uh, a little bit of uh, drops in the canteen in this uh, WNBA famine that we're in. Um, usually college women's basketball is the only thing that can fill that uh, need, but pretty soon we're going to have Olympics going. We're going to have this Athletes Unlimited thing going. We're still going to have the college uh, like college uh, conference championship races heat up at the end of February, so we've got a lot of good stuff coming your way over the next month or so absolutely uh college game is going to get uh better and better as we get closer to the tournament and obviously march is the best month of the year for uh reasons that we don't even really need to explain if you don't know why march is the best month of the year uh just keep listening to the show you're gonna find out uh yeah uh athletes unlimited league we've got phf we've got olympics uh we've got so much coming up in the next few months it's the off season but it kind of doesn't feel like it there is a lot to do and a lot to see uh, so keep your eye on women's sports and uh, and have fun with us. Keep coming back. We're, uh, we enjoy this. Hopefully y'all do as well. For WNBA Nation, I'm Jason Snow. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time. <laughs>